I would say that, first of all, the immediate thing you see when you start to deal with Shakespeare is it's got to be the language and just, I'm sure this is a joke, it might be a joke, but then if I don't understand what's actually being said, how do I, how do I convey that to the audience? Our director is very keen on making sure that we appreciate all the individual puns and jokes that Shakespeare just smatters into his text. And there's so many different ones, especially in Two Gentle Verona, which is actually quite a comic play, although it's often seen as very dramatic. I knew it was a little too long, and I knew that not all of the jokes would resonate with a modern audience. And you have to pick and choose, okay, can we make this one work with the tone of our voice, with the movements? Can we convey the meaning? You know, there are a lot of jokes about swarthy Ethiopes. We cut those. There were a lot of Jew jokes that just weren't particularly funny or classy, so those went. Um, we kept most of the sex jokes, and that is, at the end of the day, Shakespeare is more about sex jokes than anyone likes to admit. Passionate Proteus <laughs> to the sweet Julia. Oh, that I'll tear away. And, and yet I will not. Sith <laughs> so prettily he couples it to his complaining names. Thus will I fold them one on another. Now kiss, embrace, contend. things are the big speeches. A lot of the time I'd sit down with them and say, okay, why are you giving this speech? We, we need to see the actors realize things, not recite something pre-prepared, but think of it for the first time. And to do that, you need to understand why it's coming into your head. So that was part of, well, well how do you connect this section to this one? Why do you have this idea? Why do you have these ideas and these orders? And why are they worth saying? Uh, so once you understand the language, it becomes a question of finding a way to understand you the character. Likes me not. Why, my pretty you? The director and I work together to split apart the text into individual sections. In many monologues there are various aspects which you can see a change of thought going on beneath. And if you tried to split them up into individual sections, I find it really helpful to work through all the different emotions that would go on in one monologue. And I felt for me in particular there are many moments where, although Shakespeare was 400 years ago and although he's writing about an entirely different culture, there were so many moments where I was thinking, comparing aspects to my own life and especially when it comes to heartbreak and romance there are so many things you can call up from your own past to really feel your acting interpretation. Her forehead's low and mine's as high. What can it be that he respects in her but I can make respect of in myself? It's tricky with Shakespeare. It's so it's so true and it's so human that it's tempting to just feel it but you're not you can't just feel it you have to show it demonstrate it for the audience in a way that you don't in real life. You know, you don't let all of your emotions show. The people here need to know when someone is lying on stage in a play like this. And that is one of the trickiest things, is how do you find the balance between feeling it and demonstrating it when it's so real? And so that, then it became a process of, of not just the speech, but the silence. The looks and the thoughts and the reactions to other people or things that they're going on for which they're only on the periphery. <laughs> well then, the conclusion is that it will. I would say that one of my favourite moments is probably the back and forth between Speed and Valentine. That is the letter I wrote to her friend. Mm, and that letter hath she delivered. <laughs> Uh, I remember the first rehearsal, I told 
the actor who played Speed, Valentine was gonna swing him and he ducks and then ends up lying on the ground. He, he did this wonderful sort of languid pose like a mermaid. And I laughed so hard. I thought this is just right. And that was one of the moments you knew you had the right cast. Swings me, my love, which makes me the bolder to chide you for yours. It's really worth sort of doing some sort of research into what we're actually saying for it to make sense and for us to sort of really feel like we can emote and put a lot of energy into it. So I feel like that can be a challenge, sort of just breaking that language barrier. But as soon as that's out of the way, I feel like the play can really come to life. Fear not, for he bears an honourable mind, would not use a woman lawlessly. <laughs> We've spoken to other people who know a little about the history and just the context of what these words as they were originally spoken. And it's fascinating just to find out about it all. Here's information about the setting at the time. Here's information about how it was written. Here's information about what it means. Here's information about the setting you're choosing. Here's how these two ideas relate. Here's how it would have been perceived by Renaissance audiences. You know, you don't have to read six books, but get a couple good editions of the text so that if one of the notes doesn't make sense, you can just look at another one. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Find somebody you know who likes it and understands it. And also, Make sure your cast knows it's okay to ask you questions and don't be afraid to say, I have no idea, let's find out. Or, this isn't working for you? Okay, let's, you know, you don't, you can't relate to thinking about it this way. Let's think it through another way and see what you can find that will make you happy as well as, you know, we'll, we'll adhere to my vision for the play, but will make you enjoy saying it and be able to get behind the text. So farewell. <laughs>